Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Once again, it is Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That can only mean one thing. It is time for the best show on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And this is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, We ask that you not just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is on the air again. Uh, once again, I want to thank you all for tuning in as you do each and every week. Uh, if you are on Twitter, hit us up on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Uh, make sure that you follow the show on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Also, you can follow uh, the co-hosts as well. Uh, so without further ado, let's bring in tonight's co-host. Um, once again, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Let's bring in tonight's co-host. You know them from uh, Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, but these guys also know sports as well. Uh, we hear every each and every Tuesday night. Make sure that you check out the show. Uh, if you miss any parts of the show, you can catch the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead end sports. Uh, now it's time to bring the fellas in. Fellas, uh, let's bring in uh, my man FIFA, my man B, and my man Ken. Fellas, what's going on? What up? What up? Yo, yo, what's good. going on? What's going on? Oh, nothing, man. Another crazy weekend in sports, but you got to love it. Man, oh, my gosh. This, 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 you know, this might have been probably since football season started, probably was the most, I, I only want to say, it was just real interesting, I mean, as far as, like, what we saw, you know, on Saturday and Sunday and, <laughs> unfortunately, Monday night as well. Monday, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's crazy. Y'all, y'all ready to talk some football, man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool, cool, cool. So without further ado, let's get started on tonight's show. Uh, remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. So make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is on the air again. Um, I guess let's start with uh, let's start with, with college football. Uh, as you all know, college football kicked off. Uh, the college football that particular week kicked off on uh, Thursday uh, through Saturday. Uh, we had some big games, a lot of huge upsets, uh, a couple of Heisman Trophy winners may have, may have fallen down a notch or two. Um, so let's start there. Let's start with college football. Um, B, I'm going to start with you. What stood out to you this past weekend about college football? Oh, man, a lot of SEC teams were beating up on each other this weekend. Uh, my boy Bridgewater took an L. I think that kind of messed up his Heisman chances losing to uh, UCF. And freaking uh, Baylor scoring 71 points. Like those yes. are things, those are things that really like stood out. I mean, those particular things stood out to me so bad in, in, in college, in college football this weekend. What about you, FIFO? Um, you know, I, I, I think the big elephant in the room is how Florida State handled Clemson. You know, yeah, yeah, fifty-one fourteen. Only in the first and the fourth, he scored points. I, I think that was. 
you know, I, I think it's the most obvious, but it is definitely the biggest shocker to me. I, I'm talking about that's a number three ranked team right there. Mm-hmm. You know, at home. Yep. Yep. That is so true. That is so true. What about you, Ken? What What stood out to you uh, this past weekend at college football? Well, man, you you already know, man. Just just what Ralph said, man. That that ass whooping Winston, <laughs> Winston on them boys. You know, just validated everything that I've been saying for the last few weeks right. on this show. That that boy is for real, man. He's special. And um and you know it, it, it's okay. Everybody want to holler about Manziel this, Manziel that, and that's and that's fine. But when I said it a couple of weeks on Twitter. A lot of people came after me talking about, nah, man, there it is, to each his own. Everybody has his own opinion. Man, F that. That boy Winston <laughs> is the truth. He went up in, he went to Death Valley, and he put an ass whooping on Boyd and all them boys. And, and it's just like I said, man, that, that Florida team, they play defense. They can run the ball. And if you'll notice, Wilder was even out for the game. They had, like, right. second and third string running backs in there running running the ball on them boys. Them boys are for real, man. Them boys are for real, man. You think that is Yeah, I, I, I got to agree, man. It, it, it's Like you said, the elephant in the room we were tweeting during the game, man. It, it's just, uh, and I, I'm not just saying it just because Florida State's my team. Um, I was I was surprised. I, I, was, I, I thought that I predicted that Florida State would win by at least three. I thought it would be a, a close game, but, I mean, I mean, if you go back to even just the first play, the first offensive play that Florida State ran, Winston throws a, a, a bomb to receiver in the corner, and it just kind of Florida State kind of rolled from there. Um, you know, at times uh, they made Taj Boyd look. You know, if you had kind of if you didn't know any better, you would have thought Taj Boyd was the redshirt freshman, and James yep. Winston was the, the fifth year senior. Um, you know, definitely increased his uh, Heisman stake. I think. That game stood out, obviously, and we're going to talk hot and heavy about that as well. Um, another another game that stood out to me was, uh, you know, like I said, just some of the upsets. Uh, seeing Texas A&M go down uh, to an Auburn team that I don't even think Auburn was ranked, but it's like B said, uh, you know, the SEC pretty much just beat up on each other this past weekend. Um, you know, that was huge. Uh, Bridgewater and, and the Louisville Cardinals go down to UCF, a real scrappy UCF team on um, – was it Thursday night? Friday. Um, it was Friday. Oh, excuse me, Friday night. And um, yeah, that was surprising because I thought that Bridgewater, in, in order for Bridgewater to kind of keep his name in the Heisman race, he was going to have to not only put up good numbers, but he wasn't. He didn't have. He doesn't have the, the benefit of like a James Winston, where he has a a great schedule or what have you, or, or a tough schedule, I should say, where he's playing against better competition. So those things kind of stood out to me as far as, uh, like you said, just the SEC kind of beating up on each other. And um, you know, not really just seeing that the the thing you know kind of play out the way that we probably thought that it would play out. You know, coming into the weekend, uh, you saw um, Florida get beat by, uh, and I think, and Georgia got beat as well by Georgia get beat by Vanderbilt. Was it Vanderbilt? Yeah, Vanderbilt. Um, yep. Yeah, they gave up yeah, seventeen so. points. Man. <laughs> and you know, with us being silly, Georgia, dumb man, ass it, it's, plays. You know, I, I just don't get it, man. I don't know what's up with, with Mark Rick, man. You know, just, just poor penalties, you know, and just keeping drives alive and just... You know what, man? I, I, I'm i starting to question Aaron Murray, man. If you look at the last couple of games that, that he's had, he's barely topping 200 yards passing. You know, so I, I don't know about that kid, man. 
Yeah, Do you think he's doing too much? Because I think we talked about it last week. Maybe that with with the, you know some of their receivers being down, and Gurley might be one of the best running backs in the country. He's yeah. he's on the show. Yeah. Uh, do you think he's you know that Murray's trying to do too much? Man, what what what, what did I say <laughs> when they got their ass whooped? I said look, when you, <laughs> you don't are trust a quarterback, <laughs> when you are a quarterback, you can't look. I understand not having your weapons, but you can't lose like that. Mm-hmm. You just you can't lose like that. But you know so what, Kofi? I, I I feel you, uh, but he's not he's not the guy. While I question the amount of yard is production, he's not the guy over there that, that's committing these penalties, though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's he he's he he's not the guy that was going for the first down and fumbled the ball and gave it to Vanderbilt that sealed the deal when he's right, trying to win right. the game. You can't put all that on him. That's true. Good point. That's true, but I mean, you know, the 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 blame is the blame and, and the success is going to fall with the quarterback, or you know, it's going to come to the quarterback, I should say. Exactly. And the thing is, is that look, you can't control the other ten guys that are on the field with you, but a great quarterback is always close. Look at Peyton Manning. How much were they down by the Colts? And at the end of the day, they only lost by six. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. That's what great quarterbacks do. Even if you're down and out, even if the game was going against you the whole way, they find a way to keep it close. That Because right. that's the quarterback's job. I'm either going to blow you out, I'm going to keep it close, and, and, and certain things will go our way because I'm keeping it close. That's that's what you have to do. Hey, FIFA, what's up? Did you watch? Did you see the Miami and North Carolina game? No, I didn't. I didn't. I man, didn't uh, I just want to touch on this too, man. Uh, go ahead, uh, go ahead. The tight end, the tight end, Eric Ebron, he freaking got off. He went nuts against Miami. He he almost yeah, he single-handedly did. beat Miami by himself. He had like I think like nine or eight receptions for like 199 yards and touchdown. Dude was, I mean, it was he was beating so bad after the game. All the Miami players were going up to him and giving him props, like, "Yo, like you you fucking kicked our ass tonight, like." We, we we pretty much won because we just had a better team. But he he almost single handedly beat Miami by himself. Like that's how much he was balling. He gonna he gonna be a beast when he gets to the league. He's NFL rich. <laughs> he is. Like that was my first time watching. That was my first time watching North Carolina play, and I never seen him before. And I'm like, dude, this tight end, he's NFL ready. That dude is a beast. Yeah, he definitely kept him in the game. In fact, I, I thought yeah. I thought that North Carolina had a had a really good shot at winning that game, but they kind of pissed away at the end. Yep, yep. But he was he was bringing them back, and and like I said, my man Bridgewater they lost that twenty eight to seven lead at home to UCF, man, and lost at home. So that that like I said this 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 messed up his housing choices like chance for real. You can't lose at home like that, being up twenty eight nah, seven in the third quarter. In the third quarter too. Yeah, you can't can't lose that lead. And they didn't play a look Not at the end, and that's that's what is really. It's kind of eye-opening when you think about it because, you know, Charlie Strong, the head coach who came from Florida, uh, he's known for defense. He was defense coordinator yep. in Florida for many years. And exactly. when you're supposedly a defensive-minded coach, defensive team, and you don't, you don't you know, come through like, like they did defensively, you give up as many points as they did, you know, it's not a good look. And it's, it's not, you know, it, like I said, we may have seen Bridgewater kind of, the Heisman kind of slip away from him, um, mm-hmm. you know, on, uh, on Friday night as well against UCF. Um, I want to before we move on to the next thing. I want to ask you guys real quick. Um, like you said, we, we're here in Georgia, we're here in Atlanta. Um, I know 
it, there's a lot of talk about, and <laughs> it seems like almost every year, uh, people want to want to fire Mark Rick. Personally, I like Mark Rick. I think he's a good coach. Um, but it seems to me like every year uh, there's always a game or two where Georgia gets upended by, uh, you know, an opponent, usually an SEC opponent, that probably shouldn't beat them. Or they, they're playing these games really close, games that they really shouldn't play. And I will say this much, the fact that Georgia has a lot of players that get into trouble year in and year out, and it barely makes the news is beyond me. I don't know if, if that's because of Mark Rick or whatever. Um, that being said, you know, I happened to catch some sports talk radio uh, earlier yesterday, and I heard some people talking about possibly his job being on the line. Uh, now, FIFO mentioned about three weeks ago that you know he doesn't trust uh, none of the Georgia teams. Um, so I'll ask you guys this. Do you think Mark Rick's job should be on the line if, if Georgia comes up short? You know the funny thing about that, I feel like Mark Rick's job is always on the line every year. Okay. And I think it's because, again, like I said, I don't trust any Georgia teams, and he doesn't necessarily instill confidence because you never go into the season thinking we're going to go undefeated or just have one loss. And even in that loss, is going to be close. Like, the losses are rarely close. You know what I'm saying? Or – they never, they, we never feel like Georgia's a true powerhouse like a Bama or, you know, just have a good run like some of these other SEC teams. You know, we, it, it just always seems like we're on the brink of just mess, like total catastrophe with UGA. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. And it, and it's, it seems, and I think, I think it almost seems like the window of opportunity is closing. And, like, if they don't take advantage of it, you know, you only get a couple of shots at, you know, a national title. Um, and I think that's where the frustration with the fans come in is because they, they really – I mean, there was, there was legitimate talks about, you know, Georgia being – going up for the national championship this year, and obviously that's not going to happen. And, and they very well could have it if they would have won some of the games. I mean, they were playing top-notch competition. But yep. here's my thing. While I, I kind of sit on sit on the fence with this because I'm one of those guys that you know I've I've been here in, in Georgia and Atlanta since '99. I've seen the teams that Georgia that the Bulldogs have had. We see them on every Sunday in the NFL playing. Those guys that's in the NFL came through here, right. so that speaks to the amount of talent that that Mark Rick has had, and it always seems like. There's something lacking from him. There's always that one or two games that he'll end up losing that he should never lose, and it's almost like he never has his team prepared to go out and play to for a full sixty seconds. But I mean, shit. But my question is: <laughs> is um, who do you replace him with? You know, That's a good so question. so how do you get rid of a guy? Who's won, he, he's not winning you national championships, but unless you get somebody like Urban Meyer or Nick Saban, who are you going to replace him with? <laughs> or Les Miles? That's a good point. Spurrier. Or Spurrier, yeah. So if you can't get an elite head coach of that caliber, I... I... <laughs> you know what, though, Ken? Just like sometimes in professional sports, man, it, you, you just need a change of scenery. 
you know, coaches, players, they all go through that. Sometimes maybe Rick hits the – maybe he's hit his ceiling. Maybe this is the best he is. You should have said, I don't know who the replacement is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your next coach is your coach for forever. Ask Lane Kiffin. That's true. That, that's a, you know, yeah, people, that's, a, you, that's actually a great point. I just I, I think I don't know if and I and I'm I was wondering if it was just a knee jerk reaction from the fans or if that is the, if there's a legitimate you know, I mean because you know, like you said, guys are going to the NFL. That's not the issue. Um I don't know how well Rick graduates his players, but then again, I mean, who's really graduating in college football? Um, so my question, that's, that's why I was wondering if, if it was just a knee-jerk reaction or if the fans have a legitimate concern and his job is seriously on the line. I don't, you know, no, I mean, they're obviously not going to win the uh, NCAA. They're not going to compete for the SEC championship. They're, you know, they'll probably be in a Peach Bowl and they'll, you know, get a New Year's Day game, I guess, or a New Year's Eve Day game or something like that. But, um I just wanted to throw that by you guys because that's just it. It just seemed to me like you know that's almost been the theme. Like I said, we we're here, so we hear it a lot uh, that Rick can't get over the hump, he can't win the big one, what have you. So I was just wondering, how, you know, what the people thought out outside of Atlanta. Um, you're listening live to Dead End Sports. I am your host, Twelve Kyle. And once again, this is Dead End Sports. Got my boy FIFO, my man Ken, and my man B. We are Dead End Sports, this place where sports opinions collide. We ask that you not just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Uh, participate in tonight's discussion. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hit the show up on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. Uh, make sure that you check out our website, uh, deadendsports.com. Um, now, conversely, uh, the NFL. Um, crazy, crazy weekend in the NFL. Uh, there was a huge marquee game. Uh, that everybody and their mama was talking about. Um, I'll start with you, FIFA. What stood out to you this past weekend uh, in the NFL? And the machine got <laughs> overtook by the replacement. There you, know? you go. And, 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 you know, shout out to Andrew Luck and the Colts. You know, that boy is special. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think that's the biggest thing because – we talked about it last week. Potentially, Kansas City and the Broncos could have met up and, you know, further down the road, undefeated. And we kind of marked off the coach like, yo, the Broncos could and should beat them, and they did it. And I also want to point out that the Colts are the only team in the whole NFL to beat the only other two teams that I had, or the three teams I had as number one on my power ranking. So, you know, that's serious to me. Oh, definitely, definitely. That was so huge, did, did huge, you really think that home. they were going to... <sighs> you know what, people? <laughs> when I think about that game, I, I, I think that the outcome didn't really surprise me that much. And, and, and all because I think... Uh, what What's the, the GM Ursay or whatever he is? Yeah, Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay... He sealed the deal for this game earlier last week when he started to okay. make those comments. And people could say, and Peyton even admitted it after the game, it was just a lot for him to deal with emotionally in that game for him to really come out victorious. Granted, he was there. Granted, there were, what, two plays that he had no direct control over. Ronnie Hillman, for instance, fumbling the ball at the five-yard <laughs> line. 
you know, that 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 pretty much sealed the deal for them. But I think emotionally, I think it was a lot that Peyton Manning had to deal with going back to that place. And not only that, the pressure of trying to beat this guy. He did not look like he was just fully into it like he has against other teams this year. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, it, it, he definitely had a look. He, he definitely had a look. B, yeah, what, what stood out for you this past weekend in the NFL? Uh, Injury. What stood out? Oh, sorry. Shut up, Ken. What stood out to me? I'm sorry. What stood out to me is how fucking terrible that Vikings and Giants game was. When it was like, <laughs> that was just awful, man. That was just pure awful. Just and another thing that said I was was here we go. Remember, remember week one, everybody was all on the Eagles coat, you know, coattail talking about oh, this is going to be a, a fascinating offense. They're going to tear teams up. This is why I say because the coordinators don't get paid a million dollars for no reason. And look at them now. What's the Eagles' record? Like, what's, what's their record? Like, what three and four, two and, two uh, and four, or something like that? Two and four, I think. Yeah. Right, and uh, look at them. Look, look what they did against the Cowboys. I mean. Like the quarterbacks didn't show up or or anything. They only scored three. Only scored a field goal after you're supposed to have this fast-paced offense. Like Chip Kelly, this ain't college, buddy. This is the NFL. Dudes are faster, stronger. <laughs> they hit harder. You, you're not going to do that same stuff you was getting away with in the pack in the pack twelve, pack ten. You know what I'm saying? So these these are the coordinators. They're going to zoom in on that. And you know you showed it in, in, against Washington. They didn't know what to do. And now these past few weeks. Y'all been struggling, bro. And 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 Eagles, man, they they looking like one of those low tier teams. They might thought they was gonna be a top tier team, but that fast pace offense is catching up with them, man. Them coordinators is, is, is getting it. And the Chiefs, man, they seven and zero. That's another thing. I'm right. like, wow. Who would who would have thought a team that went two and fourteen last year and start the season off seven and zero? Like nobody. Oh, so I know Andy Reid is like over there happy in Kansas City and laughing at Philadelphia. Oh, he's he, and you he know what, though, Going back what to up? the Giants, aren't the Giants only like three games out of first place at one and six? Yeah, uh, unfortunately they are. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yep. That, that's surprising. So. Yeah, that is. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Well, that that division is just terrible, yeah. man. And the Cowboys. Yeah. And and they beat up on each other too. Yeah. I think um, I think what stood out to me, obviously, um, the the game, you know, the, like I said, the, the must see game was Sunday night game, Colts versus uh, Broncos. Um, I thought I thought Manning handled it about as well as he could have. I, I I don't I can't imagine, you know, with the media and the scrutiny and everything like that. I will I will agree with Ken. I think that was definitely some gamesmanship on Ursay's part to kind of, you know get it in his head and you know obviously Peyton took the high road and didn't comment um you know but I think when it came down to it you know he got on the field and and he made the plays that, or at least attempted to make the plays he, he wanted to Denver's offense just looked out of sync and and I think we talked about it before uh that you know their defense can and will be scored on if if you can put up points um I think they are ranked last in pass defense uh, and, but those numbers kind of, and they talked about it during the telecast, those numbers are kind of skewed because uh, teams have been playing from behind, so naturally they're going to pass. Uh, that being said, I thought Luck handled himself very well. Um, you know, losing Reggie Wayne was tough, uh, and it's going to be tough, and, and I just posted in the chat room. Um, 
I'm not sure how they can rebound from that. That's going to be tough because I'm not really sure, you know, what T.Y. Hilton and the other younger receivers that they have can do as far as to, you know, kind of step in and fill the void. Um, of course, you know, guys are getting hurt every week, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, guys are getting hurt every week, so, you know, there's not really much you can do. But at the same time, to replace a guy like Reggie Wayne, I'm not sure who and where they turn to for the replacement. Um, another thing that stood out to me this past weekend in the NFL, obviously, um, I got a chance to see uh, Tampa. Um, and and it, it, you know what stood out to me when I watched that Tampa and Falcons game? Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano, the head coach of Tampa, he's in over his head. He oh, is geez. really... I mean, he is. I mean, like I could, I could tell just from watching the television that he doesn't know what he's doing as far as a pro coach is concerned. And I remember there was one sequence where something happened, and Darrell Revis was coming, in and you know, allegedly they had butted heads before, and he's yelling at Revis, and Revis is just letting. The, you could kind of see from the camera angle, Revis is just looking at him like, "Yeah, whatever, man." <laughs> like he's not even like. He was, you know, two seconds away from telling him to shut the hell up and he was going to move on, you know. So I, I, that's, that stood out to me, just seeing that. That's the first – and I don't watch a lot of Tampa football at all, really, to be honest. But that stood out to me as well. I mean, Shiano, I'm not really sold on Chip Kelly as well. Um, and B mentioned earlier, these college coaches, man, it's it's a whole – it's a different ball game, man. You you can't you, – you, you, for one, you're coaching grown men. You, you know, you're not coaching some little 19-year-old who, who needs a scholarship, don't want to get sent back home. Um, he's a grown man to get paid to play. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Tampa's now 0-6, or 0-7, I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look posit- positive for them at all. So, you know, they, they could be one of those teams that, you know, it's going to take a lot for them to get a win. Um it's going to take a whole lot for them to get a win. I think that back. It's going to take a whole lot for them to get a win. Um, now, I want to jump back to the uh, the Manning game. Uh, do you think? Uh, and and like we said, maybe it's some gamesmanship on on their part. I'll, I'll start with you, FIFO. Do you think Peyton Manning, if that game is played in, because I had this debate with somebody on Twitter the other day, if that game is played in Denver, we get a different result? I think you get. I don't know if the end result would be the same, um, but, um, you know, I think it might be a better game. I think that it, it it would definitely be a better game. It'll be a different game. I can't say that the Broncos would win, you know, mm. undoubtedly. I can't say that the Colts would have still won. I can't say that because it's any given Sunday. We're changing a lot of parameters here. But Okay. But at the end of the day, both of these teams are great teams. You know, so it's a toss-up. I would have to tip my scale to the Broncos just because of home field. But um, I still think it would have been a great game. Okay. What about you, Ken? If we we reverse it, Manning's not having to deal with the the emotions of coming home, if, if you will. Can Denver beat them in Denver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think it'll be easy. I kind of disagree with FIFO. I think it'll be a little bit easier, man, because, for one, they are at home, and, two, 
you got you got luck coming here. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got all of those people um, on the defensive side and on the offensive side. They're coming to Denver, and the air is thin, and all the other stuff. So, if the ro- with the roles being reversed, I think the emotions of the game falls more on the in uh, on the Colts than it does on the Broncos. Uh, so, so I, I think that they'll so, and I think that they'll have the crowd behind them because a lot of the cheers that were happening for Peyton, you know, after a while, you can understand that they were just kind of messing with him, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're in Denver and you've had as much success as you've had last year, and you you whooping ass this year, a lot of that would be genuine and sincere. So you go up by fourteen, fourteen seven, or fourteen three, or whatever it was. That game pretty much is over because right. it's not, not necessarily, Ken. Not necessarily because the Colts went up there or down there or to the West Coast or whatever and whooped the Forty ers and smacked them straight in the true. mouth. Obviously, obviously the offense is not the same. You know, uh, Manning versus Kaepernick. Okay, yeah, that's different. But Forty ers still have arguably the best defense in the NFL, or a, or at least a better defense than the Broncos. Right, they have defense, but they and, and just like you said, they don't have that offense. So what I'm saying is that the way that defense played, they play inspired football in Indianapolis. I don't know if they'll play the same type of inspired football in Denver. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, it seems like they had a lot to prove at home. In other words, they're saying, you are not coming in here. And winning, and you are not going to come in here and win, and then all and and further add to your legacy. You know, Peyton Manning comes back, and and you know that becomes a story. No, we want the story. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, I I don't know, people. I I, I think that they don't play as they go, they will play inspired, but I don't think they'll play like they did Saturday Sunday night. Man. They were pushing the Denver's offensive line all over the field. Yeah, they were. They were. They got. They got yeah, pushed they around a lot. Um, and yep. then shout out to my man Zero uh, Dark Thirty in the chat room. He said, "If uh, if Denver doesn't turn the ball over four times, they win in Indy. They win that game yeah, every that, night." Yeah, that's a good point too. How many yeah, times you, know, you can't Colts have. turn the ball over? You definitely did the Colts turn, turn the ball over any? What's what that? Would you say, Ken? How many turnovers did the Colts have? Uh, you know what, to be honest, I don't remember any. I don't remember any. Um, I can look it up, but I, I don't think that they turned the ball over at all. And and if you have four turnovers, I don't care if you're playing pop one, if you have four four turnovers, you're going to lose. It, it's just the game isn't – it's just not – it's not set up for you to win like that. Yeah, they had a fumble. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, they had a fumble. Trent Richardson fumbled okay. the ball. So they had one. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. Make sure that you follow the show at Dead End Sports on Twitter. Make sure you check out the website, deadendsports.com. I am your host, 12 Kyle, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, FIFO, my man B, and my man Ken. We ask that you not just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is on the air again. Um, another big controversial uh event from this past weekend was uh, the situation down at Grambling. Uh, Grambling State University uh, football players, as many of you know, uh, had a they filed a grievance um, 
with the school administration, the athletic department. Uh, they wanted better facilities, workout facilities. They wanted uh, the interim coach fired, who did get fired. Uh, if you all remember, uh, just last month, uh, the head coach, uh, legendary Grambling alum, and uh, the only black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, Doug Williams, Doug was Williams, at the helmet yes. Grambling, his alma mater, and was fired uh, after just two games. Um, Grambling is now 0-7. Uh, Grambling was preparing to play against uh, Jackson State, uh, which would have been Jackson State's homecoming. Uh, the players uh, initiated a a revolt, and they did not uh, participate in the game. They did not travel to uh, Jackson to go to Jackson State's homecoming and thereby forfeited the game as a motive of uh, solidarity and protest um the team as of yesterday uh kind of came together with the administration said what they had to say uh their their concerns were heard and grambling has moved forward as far as improving facilities i mean if you saw any of the images online uh there was showing molds and things in in the locker rooms yeah and in the weight room there yeah. was a floor tile or something that was the yeah, tiles were out terrible um just terrible, terrible. i mean they said that players have had, most of the players have had staff infections uh, just from, you know, just piss-poor facilities. The players were upset that uh, they had to travel via bus uh, to games in Kansas City and Indianapolis, respectively. Games were, I mean, those those bus rides were 14 and 16 hours uh, on the bus. Uh, so I'll start with you, Ken. What was your take on Graham, on the players uh, from Gramlin and their forfeit in the game last week in protest? And do you think other players will do this to get their point across at some point in time? Kyle, so let me let me let me make sure I understand this correctly. They decided not to play Jackson State against Jackson State, which would have been their homecoming, correct? Yes, Jackson State's homecoming. Wow, man, that 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 you know, things must be really bad. Um, if you don't want to go to Jackson State for that homecoming, because I'm just going to go homecoming, man. And let me tell you, oh boy, um, Kyle, B, people, <laughs> I just don't think they can afford a football program. They just need to let it go. Um. I think the, the the players did the right thing. I think they deserve to uh, stand up for you know what they felt was right. You right. know, Shout if, out if, to the players. yeah, you you look at the terrible conditions that they're playing under, and you know nobody should be able to have to play under those conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to take these long bus rides to, to games and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's not ideal conditions for anybody to play under. Um, So I I felt that they really needed to get their point across. Now, I don't know how many programs are are really out there like that um, with with poor facilities and stuff like that, but it's really sad that you have black colleges. And, you know, I got to go there, man. It's it's black colleges. Yep. Uh, Yep. I agree. I don't want to put it all on black colleges. There may be other colleges that are not black to have the same situation. But we're talking about a black college now. Right. And you look, so it's it's really unfortunate that these storied HBCU programs 
cannot receive the adequate funding and do what is needed to run things the way they need to be run. I just, for the life of me, do not get it. Now, I, Ken, I, I Ken, really don't, man. Ken, let me pause you right there. Let me pause you right there. Okay, so you're saying that the black schools are not receiving the funding. Now, where do you think all of these other major programs get their money from? <laughs> No, I'm going to wait for the answer. You, you know, I'm going to wait for the answer. I would say they get their money from alumni, giving back to the schools, helping to that? keep things. Say what? What else? What else? Don't, don't, don't avoid the elephant in the room. The NCAA? Football, homie. <laughs> football. NCAA. College football is a multi-billion dollar a year. Not billion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, you know what? It, it, it is. Might be it is. Multi-billion dollar industry, man. Multi-billion dollar. Now, not being, not going into races, but what race dominates football? Black. Right so, now, it looks like it's a bunch of us running around on the field. So to <laughs> me, to me, the issue is this. If you want to turn your program around, you need to be able to play some football. And you need to go and mm. do what these other big universities have done and go pay for your players, man, because that's what it is. Now, if we want to be here and be like that, outside of scholarships, these guys don't receive some type of compensation, and I'm not saying that they all do. I'm not saying that. But let's not be naive and not think that nobody receives some type of compensation because it does happen. Go get you some ball players. Go win you some games. Go start scheduling you some tougher opponents. Go get you ranked. Go get you in a bowl game and go get you that money. How, FIFO? Other than You got to have money to recruit, though. Yeah. Hey, you got you, you got to have money, too. But look, you know, go play these money games. Don't play these money games. No, 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 no. How would you recruit a guy like a Jameis Winston if you have a facility full of mold? That's the thing these big (laughs) programs have. They have big, luxurious facilities, man. Hey, hey, people, you know how we are, man. Look, 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 look. And I 100% agree, but in college, right, the whole thing is trying to build a dynasty. So it's not always about today. It's about tomorrow and a couple years down the line. Because we already know right now, right, there's there's some high school freshmen that's going to be ready in three years to come out. So you need to start, you need to start making plans. Your team is crappy now. Go play these money games. Go get your bread up. Go reinvest all that money into your program. So that way you have a fighting opportunity. It's not about just today, man. It's, you have to plan for the future. It's but it's just like B said. They don't have the money to do it. But, they just okay, don't. But you're, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. Go play more money games. Go reinvest 50% of what you make in that money game back into your program, into your facilities. But the fact of the matter is you got all of these uh, big schools like... What, Ohio State, Clemson, you have uh, uh, Georgia, you have all of these schools, they're going and they're scooping up these A-rated uh, black college athletes. 
and because let me ask you this, they okay. have more to attract them with. Okay, I feel you. I feel you. I love you. You Grandma State. You 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 decide. Where would you go? I, look, man. If Grambling <laughs> State, look, if Grambling State took a half million dollars and upgraded their facilities, you may not get every single four, five blue chipper, but you're going to get you a couple threes and maybe a couple fours. You can do that. And if you're saying that you can't, then you know what, man? Then you're part of the problem, too. No, I'm not part of the problem. You know what? For a while, I used to understand. Because you know what? I'm, I'm growing up. I'm a little young. I'm a little naive. I'm like, you know what? We black. We athletic. We can do this. We can do that. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't realize. So I was like, yeah, man, you know, Bramlin State, you know, Jackson State, all Alcorn State. Like, I kept trying to figure out why these boys could not compete until I realized that the bigger college was just picking them, just taking out the blue chippers. And just bring them to their school and to the schools, and they're leaving them with whatever's left, or they're leaving them with the kids that have that that have poor high school coaches that didn't put a focus on education. So when they go take these damn tests, they don't know how to pass the damn test or read or write. So then, they, so Grambling State and all these other HBCUs are left with pretty much whatever's left, and, and, and it makes them harder for them to compete. So, because they are not making money, they are not making money directly off the football players. And the problem is, is see, see, here's the problem with with these black colleges. And I'm gonna just say it right now. <laughs> Everything is always supposed to be about damn, we dancing and we having a good time, and, and you know, and all this other stuff. Man, we need to get back and focus on what matters most, and that's academics and educating and schooling these people. And then as soon as these damn people leave, what do they do? They go off and they don't even contribute money back to the organization like they need to. There's no way in hell these HBCUs should be suffering from struggling to get money like that. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. But all we want to do when we go to an HBCU is jive and juke and do all this, all this other stuff. We want to get on the goddamn field with the band. What do people go to football games for at HBCUs? Oh, we want to see the band. We want to see them twerk on the field. We want to see them, them do, uh, do the juvenile song, back that ass up on the field. Because that's the show. That's the goddamn show, and it needs to be more than that, man. Our you, priorities you, are so screwed up in the black culture. It's a damn shame, and it's 2013, and it's no better. And you're right, Ken, because we're not handling business. And you know what business is? Business is billions of dollars, and business is football. And you're right. The, 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 the show is the halftime show, is the band, is juking and driving, and the business is football, and that's what's getting left behind. And all I'm saying is, is that if you want to be able to compete, you have to take the money and re-put it into your program because that's what these other colleges are doing, and that's why they're attracting who they're attracting, that's why they're making the money that they make, and that's why they don't have these problems. But it, so, okay, I know we've had this, this discussion before about these money games, and you know I do not like these <laughs> yeah, money <we> games. <laughs> but I'll say this, if, if they're willing to go take this money and reinvest it in the right way, like you're suggesting, people, I would probably be okay with it. I would probably be okay with it as long as it goes to a great cause. But as long as you continue to have the people at the top that continue to make these poor decisions when running these these schools, then no, 
I am not okay with it. So I think it's a bigger, bigger issue. This is a damn shame that Gremlin State has to be called out like this. And, we, and, and people get to see all this mold on such a national level, dog. How embarrassing is this? What, what, what about you, B? What, what's, your, what's your take on it? I, man, after hearing Ken uh, uh, get all emotional, but I, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, shout out to those grandma players standing up for what you know what they believe in and what they felt should have been right, and you know not letting the, these college institutions take advantage of them. Because I, like you said, I saw that facility and I, because I, you know, when I heard about, it, I'm like, well, damn, is it that bad? And but when they showed the facility, I was like, damn, what the hell is it? Yeah, they're up in there like some like some roaches, man, like. <laughs> so all that, all that um, mildew and stuff, man. I'm like, that's yeah. crazy, man. And I, was, I thought that was a good stand for them to stand up and and and, and hey, look, we're gonna we we forfeit some games to stand up for what we think is right. So I shout out to Graham. I thought I thought that was a, a very brave move on them. I mean, not not too many football players, I think, to say they would do that to forfeit some games. They'd probably be like, shit, I gotta play, man. I got a scholarship, Charlie. Or whatever. So, man. I mean, I thought, I thought it was, I thought, I thought it was a bold and brave move, man. And you know, I hope, I hope stuff get better for them in the future. And you know, I can't say I hate to see this happen to, to historical black colleges, man. I hate it. I hate to hate it happen to that. Well, y'all want to hear my take on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Can be FIFO. Uh, everybody listening, as, as you guys know, I, I am a proud member of HBCU. Uh, shout out to my university, South Carolina State University, where I also play football as well. So this right here, this story here at home, um, I when I first heard it, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, my, my first thought was, these ungrateful kids. <laughs> you know, I, I thought maybe without hearing the full story. Uh, because mm-hmm. I knew the first thing that I heard was that the kid, that the interim coach got fired. So right now, Gram- uh, Grambling is on their third coach in six weeks uh, because they had Doug Williams, they had interim coach, and now they have another coach uh, that's filling in. Um, my, that was my first thought. But once I got a chance to hear what their grievance was and what the problems were, when you hear about reports of you know staff infection, I mean that's I mean like you can die from a staff infection. Um, the the facilities and things of that nature, I, and I, I'm gonna try to be brief as I can. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> be up in the pulpit. It's, it's a couple of things. First, you know, this problem existed for a long time. It, it wasn't just, and I don't know if it was just the culmination of the fact that Grambling had been losing, or the fact that they didn't like, you know, the situation as far as their coach was concerned. The fact that the, the administration got rid of the Williams without, you know, the kids knowing or anything like that. But they have to be. You, you have to be mindful of the fact that, as an athlete, to quote FIFO, at the end of the day, you're you're an athlete. You're not a student athlete. You're an athletic student. Let's just keep it real. Uh, and that's the way that the NCAA and the NCAA will remind you of that from day one until your scholarship is over. You're an athletic student. You're not a student athlete. They care about you being eligible. They'll, yeah, they'll talk all of that stuff about one you graduate or whatever. That's bullshit. They don't care. They're, there's not a school in America that re- that I think really, really cares about as players graduate. No, they want you to play. You're there for a reason. That being said, you know, you have to, as an athlete, you have to take advantage of the opportunity that you, you, you're getting a free education. Now, let's flip it over. 
what would have happened if the AD came to Grambling, if the athletic director came Friday morning and said, look, if you guys don't get on this bus, I'm snatching everybody's scholarship. So now I got to go back home. You know what I'm saying? Now I, I got to go back home to this little country town, and I can't explain, explain to mom why I lost my scholarship because mama can't afford for me to go to Grambling. You know, so they have to be mindful of that when you kind of when you take this stance. I applaud the kids for taking the stance that they took. Grambling, like like FIFO said, it, this is a it, it's, it's a historic institution. I got a chance uh, once in my lifetime when I was in school to play. We played against Grambling uh, in the Heritage Bowl, which is like the Black College Super Bowl, and we beat Grambling. I got a chance to meet the legendary Eddie Robinson, talk to him for a few seconds, took a picture with him. Uh, you know, one of the highlights of my college career, to be honest. Uh, the man is a legend, and his legacy doesn't deserve this. The school doesn't de- deserve this. And even though my school, we didn't at South Carolina State, we didn't have to deal with anything like this or any. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have great facilities. We travel well, the whole nine. Um, you know, but taking a 14-hour bus ride, I mean, we did it. Well, we didn't take it. We didn't. It, it wasn't a straight bus ride. We stopped. But I mean, one of the one of the schools in our conference, just to give you an idea, is Delaware State. We're leaving South Carolina, going to Delaware State. You know, that's a 12, 13 hour drive on a bus. But we break the trip up. We stop in D.C., spend the night in D.C., and come, you know, go to Delaware. I said that to say this: there's certain things as an athlete that you just sign up for. If you're going to Grambling, no, you're not going to travel like you're at LSU. You're just not. So you have to kind of take what what comes with it. I knew that going to South Carolina State, I wasn't going to travel like, you know, they do at Clemson. But that being said, I also knew that my purpose in being there was to get an education, not just to play ball. And you have to keep that in mind. And lastly, to touch on Ken's point about HBCUs giving back, you got to give back. You got to give back. I give back. I encourage my friends and fellow alums from South Carolina State to give back. However, it's also on the universities to make sure that they provide a service to where they want kids to give back. It's a business. If you go to school, and, I mean, think about it like this. We all watched the Florida State and Clemson game. If you notice on the screen, and I know a lot of people didn't really understand what it, what it was, but on, on the field there was these letters, I-P-T-A-Y, on the Clemson field. That means it, it, it's, it's an acronym for I pay 10 a year. Uh, most Clemson alums that are, you'll see people riding throughout the state of South Carolina have these little stickers on their car, and it says, it says IPTA, I pay 10 a year. I pay 10 grand a year. So you're advertising the fact that you pay Ten grand to your school every year. Imagine what we would, what would happen if you give Grambling or South Carolina State or Jackson State had the kind of service where students felt compelled to pay ten grand a year. So you have to. It, 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 it's twofold. The students have to give back when they become alumni, but you also have to create an environment to where people want to give back because you're not going to give to something that you don't want to give back to. That's the bottom line. But I, I commend the kids for making the stance uh you know they'll be back in, in action this week to be honest based on what the team has i don't know how many games they're going to win um but i commend them for you know the action and the stance that they took um it was a bold one because like i said the athletic director could have said well you know what hey we're not playing football here anymore and i'm taking your scholarship and yours and, and, and no he couldn't have taken everybody's scholarship but you and i don't know that this would have worked at lsu or or Clemson, or Florida State, because you know what? If the star player sits down, guess what? There's three other blue-chip guys right behind him that want to play that probably could play. Maybe not as well, but you know they're going to play behind him. So 
Uh, hats off to grandma, man. Hats off to hats off to the students. Mm-hmm. Um, hats off to the kids for taking a stance because you know a lot of times we deem these kids as being selfish and and not wanting to do certain things. So I got to give them props. Um, you're listening to Dead End Sports once again. I am your host, Twelve Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports. Make sure that you hit us up on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Make sure to check out the website deadendsports.com. Also check uh, check out the, the other website, Dead End Hip Hop. Check that out, deadinhiphop.com as well. Um, next subject. Oh, I hold talk. on. Nope, oh, sorry, nope, nope. You're not going to get away just because you're the host. You're not going to get away <laughs> just because you're the host. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, people. When you get a scholarship, right, to me, mm-hmm. that's, that, that, that's, that's a contract. I got you a scholarship. You are going to give me, exactly, a scholarship to me is a contract. You are going to give me a free education in return for me providing my athletic services to you. Now, in a contract, you want me to perform, correct? Mm-hmm. And if right. your facilities are not equipped for me to perform at my optimum level, then you know what? I'm not. I, I, you have to take that step. You have mm-hmm. to because you just have to, man. Because that, that's at that point, you risking my you risking lives. You risking my life. Exactly. The conditions of the gym, man. I'm exactly. sorry, people. Go ahead. No, 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 B. That, that that's a good interjection, man. I, I I'm right there with you, man. Because you look, this is a this is a major university. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This, this is not Georgia perimeter. You know what I'm saying? This is not <laughs> you know, this, this is not your little local community college. Grambling mm-hmm. State is an HSBCU, so you have to be able to provide some level of service. And when I mean service, I mean those, that equipment, that those facilities need to be equipped to give oh, I, I those players an opportunity. You know, so if, if we have mold and all this and all that going on, we don't even have tiles on the floor. You know what? I don't want to play in the next game because I can't get that gym. Everybody's swollen faster than me. You know, I'm coming out of here with my high school body. I can't even transform. You know what I'm saying? Into in, in, into a beast in the gym or nothing like that. That's so unfair and that's not right. And and they ha- and what they did was absolutely right because what the college oh, no is doubt. doing is a travesty. Yeah, I, I well, agree totally. <laughs> I think I think the the you know, the and like I said, I just I don't think that that was just something that they just you know I don't know if it was you know they were just looking for and. and what that tells me is that this is something that these kids probably have been complaining about for a long time. And yeah. one issue in particular uh, was the situation with the rape room. What people don't know is that Doug Williams, when he was the head coach, he got some alumni together to donate funds to get some mats for the weight room, brand new mats so they have weight room uh, flooring for the weight room. Um, and because Williams did not use the proper channels, through the university, and he basically ponied the money through, I guess, maybe some alumni or what have you like that, um, these mats weren't used. This, this flooring was not used. It's actually, it was purchased, and it's still it's on the campus, but it's in like a warehouse or something like that. And Doug Williams, once the university got wind of it, now I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but Doug Williams got fired two days later. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he was trying to, maybe he was circumventing the system. I don't know. Um but that just goes to show, and Doug Williams has butted heads with the administration quite a few times since he's been there. He actually sued the administration uh, 
a couple of years ago just to get some money that he, you know, for for bonus money that he was promised for him and his, his uh, staff for winning the uh, SWAT championship. So, but you know what? You know, mm. I, I coach. I coach. You know what I'm saying? And mm. if I was coaching at a university and the equipment was not right and I go to the proper channels and nothing gets handled, you know what? You I'm going to take matters in my own hands. Hand. You know, be, be, because oh. when, when you're a coach, you're a father figure. You know what I'm saying? To these yep. kids. And you have to be able to provide the bare minimum, the, the essentials of what they need, regardless, by any means necessary. You are a father, and Ken, you're a father too. You are going to provide your children, even if you didn't True. make the most money in the world. They're going to have food, some clothing, mm-hmm. and they're not going to get wet or cold. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because cause that's the bare minimum. So, so... Look, man, if that's the reason why they fired him, even that's even more shame on the on the program. That's even Definitely. more shame on the program. Well, and again, it all speaks back to the systematic issues that this that Grambling and I'll just stick with them seems to be having. Doug Williams has to sue to get money that he was due. Dude, mm-hmm. what kind of mess is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you trying to keep it? Hey, we need some new floors. Can you guys help a brother out? Nah, alright, fine, I'll go get it You can't do that, get out of here <laughs> I've been trying to tell you That I needed this So obviously you don't care About exactly. the students like you say you do And you know I, don't, I understand that Grambling You know, I, they've seen state funding cut. There, There's yeah, bigger issues Beyond this You know, I, I oh man The HBCUs, man, they just They need some help, bruh yeah, and that, I think you touched on a great point, Ken. They they saw state funding go from, for just for the university, from thirty one million to like eighteen million. That's a lot, and and that's yeah. that's yeah, that difference in Damn. that's a huge difference, and that's the you know the elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. But then that speaks to a bigger socio economic issue in you know voting. You know who are, who are you? And I'm not going to jump into tangents for voting, but I mean when you talk about that. You know, you have to look at the elected officials that you have in, in states. I mean, their budget cuts all over the place. When they when their budget cuts, you know, who's who's being affected by the budget cuts? But um, like I said, I <laughs> I talk all day about that. Um, I want to talk to you guys real quick about trash talking. Um, I, I haven't gotten a chance to play basketball with y'all yet, but I know you guys play basketball together. Um, I've seen the tweets. You know, <laughs> it, it appears <laughs> it appears from the tweets that uh, you know it could get you know the, you know feisty is, is a word I'd like to use. Uh, <laughs> not, not not anything personal, um, but you guys we, you guys are boys, so it's a little different. Um, on Sunday, we had an issue in the NFL. Uh, between on, on the the game between the Carolina Panthers and the uh, St. Louis Rams, uh, cornerback from the St. Louis Rams, uh, Janoris Jenkins, and Carolina Panthers wide receiver Steve Smith got into it. Uh, Smith later said after the game that um, Janoris Jenkins had some things to say about his wife, so forth and so on. I tell you what, I, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to let Steve Smith. Uh, tell you exactly what he what was said. He, let, let's take a listen to Steve Smith. Let, we got that audio. Let's see. There's a young guy come in who uh, obviously uh, his first time ever using the internet and Google. 
and he Googles uh, information about me, uh, talks about my wife and stuff like that. And um, that's that's kind of some of the shit I just don't play with. And um, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm, I don't play them games. So, uh, you know, when you try to take it personal like that, you know, uh, I don't have really much. I don't have any uh, great humble things to say. So he can take it back to uh, back to St. Louis and watch the film because um, I don't play them games. And if I see him in the street, I'm going to bust him in his mouth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Steve Smith is from the street, son. He is from the street. B, when it comes to trash oh, talking, is certain subject off limits? No, I, I think not because... I used to, when I was little, you know, when I was younger, before I was, you know, old enough to play with my dad and his older friends, you know, and I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, they used to be saying some stuff to each other that I was like, what? I'm like, dang, dad, like, you know, you gonna let them talk about that like that? Or, you know, he had say something like right. that. And I, I think, I think trash talking, seriously trash talking has been going on for years, man. Like, mm-hmm. stuff that my dad said, he used to say to his friends, I mean, back before I was born, like, when they was playing ball and stuff they used to say probably in the leagues and stuff like that, man, it's probably, it's like normal to them. And I think it's, in this soft society now, man, it's just like everything we say is just so blown out of proportion. Like like the Kevin Kevin Garnett fans, you know, that stuck to Carmelo Anthony. Now, granted, right. and it was another thing that um, I think it was one thing that probably was a little personal. Maybe because I took it personal because, you know, it was a cancer and my mother died from cancer. But I remember when Kevin mm-hmm. Garnett was telling Charlie Venezuela was saying about yeah, you right, right. I remember that something like that. Like I, I think it, it can be certain limits. Like if you, if you, if you know stuff about me and you like you know stuff about like my mother or like if my kid is suffering from sickness and you talking about my kid, then okay, yeah, I think that's a little, that's pushing it a little bit too far. You can you can talk about me, you can dog me all you want. You can say yeah, that's why your wife cheating on you. That's why you you ain't shit or whatever, whatever. You can say all that about me, but, like, if you're talking about, like, somebody that's supposed to be that sick or dying, I think that's, yeah, I'm, I'm like Steve Smith. If I see him on the street, I'm going to bust him in his ass. <laughs> I'm going to bust him up. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think I think it's okay until you get to that point right there. Like, if you're talking about my kids or dying family members that I'm close to, yeah, I got I got, I got to fuck you up. What about you, uh, FIFO? Did, was is certain things offline, and did, did uh, Janoris Jenkins cross the line? All right. Uh, I'm going to take the last part of your question first. Go ahead, no, go ahead. I don't think he crossed the line. Um, oh, and here's my reason. Uh, I, I agree with B. Like, if you have family members that are dying because of a certain reason, like B's mom, you know, because of cancer and stuff like that, I, I think that's off limits, but I think that's the only thing. I think that's the only thing because... Yeah. At the end of the day, this is professional sport, and you're trying to get any type of advantage over your opponent, whether it's physical or mental. Obviously, some of the physical is 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 regulated. Like you can't take PEDs, or you shouldn't take PEDs. I don't know. You know, I, I think the NFL is a little sketchy with with with, with their PED testing. I'm not even going to that topic right now, like that. Right. But in terms of trash talking. I am a firm believer in trash talking. I don't myself talk a lot of trash. I, you know, I gibber, but when I start gibbering, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, you know, and, 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 and you know, I'm from Chicago, and right. my best weapon against somebody that's trash talking is just busting their ass. I'm gonna talk mm. shit back. 
but you better believe you're going to raise my game. Like, you're just not going to talk shit to me like I'm a nobody out here. You know what I'm saying? And right. I, I think that that comes down to mental toughness. Because when you listen to Isaiah Thomas talk about his bad boy Pistons, he, was always, he always talks about mental toughness and how they can execute better than you. Because a lot of shit happens in, in, inside, of that, inside of that field, on that court, regardless of the sport you play. Because somebody's always trying to one-up you. So it comes down to how can you manage what this person is telling you and talking shit for you, and you still be able to get your job done. That's all it comes down to, is who's mentally tougher. So outside of talking about your immediate family members about their death or them dying, everything else is within bounds. My wife, my kids, anybody, anything. What about you, Ken? Um, Trash talking is trash talking, and I think if you open that door, then you have to be prepared for what's behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we all get on the court and we all get on the field and we start talking smack about each other this, smack about each other that. You know, how many mama jokes were thrown around when we were young, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just was a thing. We didn't really take it personal. It was just part of the game. Right. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to get under your skin. I'm trying to get you, you know, you're not focused on you know, playing this game here. So, um, I, I think if you open if you open that box, then you gotta be prepared for what's come what comes out. And and that's the thing. Steve Smith is notorious for this. Yeah. That's what he does. And he's a hothead too. Yeah, right. yeah, he's a hothead. So it's easy to get 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 him going and get him off this game because he, he all of a sudden he's trying too hard. So it, you know, I mean, I don't know what he said about his wife. You know, but whatever it was, it, it struck a nerve, and, and it, it seemed to work. Yeah, like, if, if his wife wasn't dying or nothing like that, then, yeah, I think that's fine. But, like, if you know, like, if, I don't know, Ken, like, if I, if I you know, God forbid, not going with nothing, nothing like that. But, like, if I know, like, if something was wrong with your son or your wife or something like that, and I'm going to say, yeah, that's why your wife is something, something. you telling me that's not going to get under, that's not going to piss you off, Ken? That's what you're telling me? You're going to be like, oh, okay, that's a part of the game. Oh, no, 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 no. I agree okay. with what you said about the person. <laughs> okay, because okay. you were just talking about this is a part of the game. I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. But okay, so you pretty much agree with me and people. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I think it could go too far, but I also, there was an incident, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it happened in basketball. Didn't Kevin Garnett do something similar to that? Yeah, where he went a little too yeah, far? He, I he said, he yeah. said Charlie Villa, because Charlie Villanueva, um, uh, he doesn't have hair on his head and he doesn't have eyebrows. And it's it's, it's some type of medical condition that he has. Alex Garnett said he looked like a cancer patient or something like that. Yep. And Villanueva was about to get his ass. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he, lazy. he was going he was gonna, he yeah. really was going to get his ass for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, it goes that both ways. Alopecia. Yeah, all of that it. Kevin Garnett was talking about him. If, if if that was me, I wouldn't have got that mad. I'd be like, all right, you know, like cause that's a, that's me. You can say whatever you want to about me. That's fine. But yeah, don't don't touch on, you know, you know the other stuff that I mentioned earlier. You know, then then I'm gonna have to fuck you up. But yeah, if it's about me, you think I look like a damn cancer patient? All right, fuck it. This cancer patient about to get about to bust your ass. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take it that way. And, to me, I take it from me. 
Steve Smith is but, a guy who has punched out two of his teammates in the past. When he says he's going to bust Janoris Jenkins in the fucking mouth, I believe him. <laughs> if he sees him in the streets, I'm telling you, if it's in Charlotte, if it's in St. Louis, if it's in New York, if if, if their paths cross, Steve Smith is going to hit him on sight for yeah. real. Like, he, he's yeah. not even going to hesitate. No question. Yo, Kyle. Nothing. So, What's up? So, let, let let, let, let's 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 look at KG and what he supposedly allegedly said to Carmelo Anthony that had Carmelo waiting for KG right. at the bus. At he the bus, allegedly said, "Lala tastes like Cheerios." Is that right. over? Is that overstepping the bounds? It's overstepping the bounds because I think wife and I think women and kids should be left out of it. And I, but I think the the thing that has struck a nerve in is that. What we have to remember is that unlike, you know, Kevin Garnett's wife or unlike LeBron's wife or unlike, you know, Kobe's wife or whatever, Lala, Carmelo's wife is somebody who's in the spotlight, and she's somebody that people know. And, you know, regardless of whether or not dudes want to admit it or not, you know, she had a life before she met Carmelo. And Mm -hmm. we don't know who she slept with, but maybe he does. And, and, you know, we all know. That circle of athletes and the women that they run through and run up in, it ain't as big as you think it is, you know. Oh no! So and I'm not saying for KG come run up on me. I'm not saying that I know anything (laughs) or anything like that. But what I'm saying is is that it's it's a possibility that maybe I don't know. Maybe you heard a rumor or something like I don't know. Okay. You know. So But, but, but but that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant because. Carmelo is supposed to be mentally stronger than that. Oh right! No question. No question. No question. Right. No question. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so that's why I don't think wives are off limits. Wives are not off limits, man. If you, you want know to talk about my kids, I wouldn't. I, it's funny you mention that, man, because when I was thinking about this, I remember when I was in school at South Carolina State. I would like. I mean, we didn't have Google back then, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I would like look in the press guide and try to find, you know, get little stuff, a little tidbits about guys, you know, where they went to high school and stuff, you know, something trying to give me like a little mental edge. I, I never talk trash playing football. Now, now basketball is a little different. I don't talk trash playing basketball now, but when I was younger, I did. Um, you know, now I, I'm just I'm trying to keep my win. I, I ain't got time for all that talking. But, <laughs> but, um, but you know, in football, it was a little different because, and then I'm so much. I was so much smaller than everybody else. I didn't want guys taking. I mean, dudes already trying to light you up already. I don't. I don't need nobody taking no extra shots at me because I said something about their mama. Um, I, I, I wouldn't take a shot at a guy's wife or his kids, you know, but if somebody says something about my, me or mine, you know, I I can't say that I would, you know, let it slide off my back. I just, I probably wouldn't. Here's you know. what I have to say to that, to both of you guys. If you open that, again, I'm going back to say, if you decide to go there, you have to be prepared for what comes yeah. back at you. So, Garnett decided to go there with Carmelo Anthony. He had to be prepared for, okay, look, Carmelo Anthony may just not be as mentally tough. Carmelo mm-hmm. may just not want to hear that. Stuff. Like, all right, well, I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you at the bus, and we're going to settle right. this. And, you know, and that's it. But Garnett decided to go there. And Carmelo's like, all right, well, I'm going to go here. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you decide to take it that far, not everybody can handle it. So you got to be prepared to get punched in the mouth when somebody see you walking on the street. 
It's just that simple. That's true. It, it, and, and it's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. So, I mean, cool heads prevailed in that situation. Uh, I, I don't think you talk. I don't think you're dealing with a cool head. Um, you know, and, and shout out my man Desmond in the chat room. He asked if uh, you know the fact that Jenkins was a rookie if that matters. No, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, Steve Smith knows he's rookie. Steve Smith knows you know that this is his first time out and his first time going up against him. So. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I hope their paths don't cross, but trust me, if they do, Steve Smith is—he's hitting them on sight, on sight, no, no doubt about it. Um, next thing I wanted to jump into, since we 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 talked briefly just now about the NBA, um, NBA season actually tips off a week from tonight. Um, of course, you have the defending champs. There's plenty of storylines uh, coming into the season. Um, but I, I, I guess for right now, I want to keep it kind of simple. Uh, and I'll start with you first, B. What team do you think will win the Eastern Conference in the NBA and why? Oh, oh my God. And don't and say I the Pistons, man. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm, I'm really good. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not going, I'm, not, I'm not one of those blind fans just because I'm a fan of nah, the I'm like, Oh, yeah, we're going to win it all. Yeah. But, um, I hate making early predictions like this, man, at the beginning of the season so early. I mean – of course, I, but that's what we do. That's what we do. Team. I know, I know. One team. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to be so generic and just say Miami just because they're the two-time defending champs. But I mean, really, I would just say Indiana just because they, they, you know, they still got their same squad. They, oh they God, be they one year smarter. Um, you know, they they took Miami to the brink last 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 series. I mean, I, I would just suggest say Indiana. I would say I just don't know how. I, I would say Chicago just because of Coach Thibodeau, but uh, I just want to say Indiana. Uh, Indiana, shit. Come on, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, 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 like a politician. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but see, I don't like doing early predictions like this, man. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be bad at this. Oh, you know, we'll get I, hot I, and heavy, and it's, 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 yeah, especially hate, as the season gets on. I hate on. doing early predictions. Yeah, because it's like it's the NBA season is so freaking long. Like, I look at November as an extension preseason to me, uh, like the month of November. Like, I, it's, it's, too, it's too hard, man. Like, I got I got to look at some squads, man. You know, injuries might come affect a little bit, but just because Indiana just pushed Miami to the brink, I don't. I, just, I would just say Indiana. I think. What about you, Ken? Who who wins the East in the NBA? Man, be making this far more complicated than it really has to be. It, it, clearly, Miami's coming out of the East. They, they, they the boys have far too much talent, man. I, there's only one team that I'm looking at that I'm, I might be concerned about, and that's Chicago. Mm-hmm. But yep. Uh, yep. nobody's going to beat Miami, though. What about you, you people? What, you what's your take people. on it? You Who comes out of the East? Now, now you, 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 <laughs> I'm, well, I'm sorry, go ahead, B. Honestly, you don't even need to ask people. You know what people are going to say. No, well, I mean, you I don't, don't know, you know what, what I'm going to say. You know what? You don't know what I'm going to say. Before FIFA answers, I don't know who his team is. I know he's from Chicago. He oh, lives in okay. Miami. He lives okay. in now. I don't know. Maybe he's gonna say the Hawks. I don't. People who's, your, <laughs> who's coming out of the East. Hey, hey, Kyle. That's blasphemous to say. I'm gonna pick any Georgia team to do anything. <laughs> Come on now. You know how I feel about Georgia team. Ain't no Georgia team ain't doing nothing. Hey, I but try. um, I, I I think Ken at the beginning oversimplified it. I, I think he corrected himself, and I have to agree with Ken. I think Miami is the favorite for obvious reasons. They have the best right. player in basketball, arguably. 
I, I don't, exactly. I don't think that you know, I don't think it's that clear cut. I think it's clear cut, but you know, I, I think there's some people scratching at the throne. And I think I think Chicago is a very, very, very close mm-hmm. second if mm-hmm. D Rose is a hundred percent, which I am on the record on this show saying right now I believe he is and I think he's better and I think he is going to have a better year than his MVP year. I'm saying wow. that right now I'm right predicting it. Right. And no, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. You I know, know, I, you but, know um, and I kind of, I kind of hope you do. I don't mean to cut you off, people, but I kind of hope you do mm-hmm. because all the slack that people was giving him, you know, in the playoffs, talking about some, oh, he should come back. He's cleared to play. I look at it like this, man. You know your body better than anybody else. If you know you're not mm-hmm. ready to come back and play, whether if you're cleared by the doctors or not, then don't play. If you know that you ain't going to be yourself yet. Don't play. They, man, people was giving Derrick Rose so many slack, man. It's like, okay, what if he tried to play in the, against Miami and he to retweet his knee? Then everybody had been looking stupid. I mean, exactly. Dumb. Oh, he shouldn't exactly. have played then. He shouldn't have played. He know his body. But just because mm-hmm. he didn't want he, he held out the playoffs, oh, Derrick Rose is selfish. Man, get the fuck out of here with that. I, I, I hope he <laughs> come back and ball. No, I do. I hope he come back and ball. And from what I see, like people said, he looks better than his MVP season. So that's all. <laughs> I just, I just and you mad when people talk about that. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to make two points right here. The first one, I'm going to take a little personal. These, these, these are the two points I'm going to make. The first one, I'm, I, I was born in Chicago. I, I consider myself a Chicago point guard that was raised in Miami. I really okay. do. And the thing that the streets taught me in Chicago is the best way to shut people up, whether they trash talking, whatever they're doing, is to bust their ass. And that's what Derrick Rose is doing. And now going transitioning to my second point, do you know what? And, and, and again, I'm gonna preface what I'm about to say with it is preseason. It is preseason. But looking at the metric stats, do you know Derrick Rose has a 40 per? Where, where they combine everything and your purrs, your usage rate, and all the different mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the end off mm-hmm. be all to, to basketball statistics. Mm-hmm. What he's averaging right now is forty, and the league average is fifteen. And anything yep. over twenty five, you're you're basically a superstar. And he's yeah. almost doubling that. Hey man, yeah. hey, look, man. oh man, yo, that's what they're in Yeah, I hope all them people that were talking shit about him just. I hope they shedding up now. I hope they are just shedding up. No, they'll, they'll be on the bandwagon. Yeah, they will. They, they will be like, oh, yeah, I love Derrick Rose. Yeah, I shit that program. You was the same one saying he was selfish. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> and this what is about you, from yeah, who, who's, coming, who's coming out of the East? He said it. I think Ken said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already asked me. Okay, I, I didn't know if he said yeah, it. I, I'm, I'm on yeah. record as saying, man, my, I think unless, you know, LeBron gets on, unless he starts popping mollies or he strike dogs, <laughs> Um, I think Miami's going. I think they'll come out of the East. Now, conversely, FIFO, who's who's coming out of the West? Because the West is a little bit, t- I think, a little bit tougher to call. I mean, obviously, you got you're not sure what's going to be with Westbrook if if he's going to come back. Let's let's just say all things considered, if these guys like Westbrook and Kobe and those guys come back healthy, FIFO, who comes out of the West? Why do you even mention Kobe? With or without Kobe, the Lakers are not making the playoffs. That's number one. They're not making the playoffs. Oh, oh my God. All of these, all of these Laker fans talking about, oh, yeah, we no, you're not. Just calm down. 
Kobe needs to sit out the year. Y'all need to trade Paul Gasol, and then y'all need to start looking at this free agency and this draft, like what y'all gonna do. That's number one. Right. Okay, so let me get to who I think. Look, I honestly believe there's about six teams that could make it out of the West. Yeah, but I'm going to pick the most yep. complete team with the best coach in the NBA, and that's the Clippers. They are the most complete team. They have a superstar point guard in an era where the point guard is the deepest position. They have a two and a three that can spread the floor around their other two best players, which are also athletes, Blake Griffin and DeAndre. I like mm-hmm. I like the adjustments that Doc Rivers has made. And, 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 and I'm going to say this shit right here, too. Because I got my damn old sports show right now, so I'm going I'm to say this because I've been saying it, and I've been telling everybody. Blake Griffin's problem was that he caught the ball and held it too long to make a decision when he faced up the basketball. Oh, I agree, totally. The first thing total. Doc Rivers did, and the first thing he talked to Blake about was, hey, you catch and you make a decision. You catch, you pass, you catch, you move, you catch, you shoot, because you're bogging down the offense. And even though I don't think Blake Griffin's jump shot, even though it is improved, isn't where it needs to be, their right. offense is going to be much better because it's going to flow so much better. And as the season progresses, Blake is going to hit it more, not with the type of regularity that he needs to hit it with. But, again, we do have CP3 on this team. So I, they're the deepest team left off again for them to come out the West. Okay. What about you, Ken? Who, who's coming out of the West? I like the Clippers. I, I like what Rivers brings to that team. He brings championship moxie to that team. He brings toughness. I don't think that that's something they've had. They've, you know, relied a lot on their their talents before in the past. But Don Rivers will actually teach these boys how to win, and I think that that that's going to go a long way. I, I I do like what Houston is doing, but they don't have a point guard that I feel <coughs> would, would make me feel comfortable saying, picking them. <laughs> The what? The great Jeremy Lin. <laughs> nah, and Beverly. Nah, he's about to lose. Yeah, he's gonna lose his gig to Beverly. Oh man. Um, and yeah, if Westbrook come back, uh, you know Oklahoma. So I think I'll go uh, Clippers first, OKC second. Um, but yeah, they, they're gonna need Westbrook. What about you, B? Uh, who's coming out of the West? We know you don't like to give predictions, but let's let's go ahead. Oh man. Okay, I'm I'm just basing this strictly off of just emotion and who I was a fan of last year at the West coming out, and I think they they got they improved. Is Golden State? Ooh, <laughs> Mama, wow. that man. Okay, I, I did not expect Mama, you to say that. Mama, there go that man. Mama, there go that man. There go that man. man. With, with, and with, now, with man. Of, now. Yeah, with the, with the addition of Andre Iguodala, and, and only if, if Andrew Bogut can stay healthy throughout the playoffs. And, you know, because I think they do with power forward and center. And then, of course, Clay, Tom, Clay Thompson and right. uh, he Stephen he Curry. Well. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I, it kind of, I, I, I'm kind of sick that they let uh, Jaron Jack go. But, you know, they still, they, go to state, man. I'm going to say go to state. I'm going to say go to state. Hey, yeah. shout out to Harrison Barnes. Yes, and Harrison Barnes, too. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, go to state got the squad. They, they, they pretty good. They do. They're not like, they're not as big as the Clippers, but they, they're about a good eight, eight, eight man deep, eight, nine man deep. So I'm the one who warrior. You are listening live to Dead End Sports, the place where sports collide, sports opinions collide. Um, I, man, I, I I don't know what y'all are talking about. Maybe y'all didn't see the finals. I'm going with the Spurs, man. I'm 
going with it. I'm, I'm, I'm not sipping the juice like the, the, I'm not. I'm not sipping the cooler yet. Doc Rivers, I love Doc Rivers, man, and, and I'm, I'm glad Doc Rivers got the hell out of Boston because I can't stand Boston. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Popovich, man. I mean, they were what twenty something seconds away from winning the finals. They yep. had the champs on the ropes, and every yeah, year, you know, the, the Spurs get it done. And I'm gonna tell you how. Why, there's no flash or anything like that. But, I mean, we saw Kawhi Leonard come of age in the play, in the finals. Um, you know, he didn't shut LeBron down, but he played LeBron probably about as well as, as anybody else could have. And he still was productive on the defensive, excuse me, on the offensive end as well. Um, you know, yeah, Parker and, and Duncan are, are, are a year older. Um, I'm going with the Spurs, man. I'm going with the Spurs. Uh just because I just I believe in Popovich, and I, and I think you know they had a whole summer to I, I don't want to use the word get over it, but to deal with it. I, I don't know if you ever get over it. I mean, they're gonna be seventy years old sitting around talking about man, we had a championship right in our hands, we lost it. Remember that? So <laughs> I, I, I think um, I'm going with the Spurs, man. I, I mean, but in all seriousness, I think everybody that you mentioned has a. That's why I think the West is wide open, man. It's gonna be interesting to see what. Yep. Yeah. I, I want to see what Durant does, particularly if, uh, and, and I think my man, um, somebody mentioned in the chat room, if uh, if if Westbrook is out, I think a month or two, you know, does Durant take on more of a scoring load or what have you to to get it done? Um, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how that's going to take off as well. Uh, you guys, don't man, don't don't fret. We're going to be talking. We're going to be talking football. We're still going to be talking football, football, football. But we're also going to be incorporate basketball talk in here as well, right here on Dead End Sports. Um, we got about man, man, this show is going by so fast. We got about five minutes left in the show. Um, let's let's move on to our closing statements, man. Uh, how we go? We're going to close the show out on this. Um, just your, your final thoughts from this past weekend sports. I'll start with you, Ken. Uh, what what are your final thoughts on tonight? Um. <clears throat> well, I guess I'm looking to see. I'm, I'm really got my eye on um, Jameis Winston. Obviously, I'm really big on this guy, man. I just think he's something special. But I looked at their schedule, man, and 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 boy, they got to play Miami. They got to play FIFO's Miami squad, and then they play another top ranked team. Also, um, I can't think of who it is off the top of my head, yeah. but. Florida. Okay, yeah. So they have to play Miami, and then they have to play Florida. So um, I, 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 it's going to be tough for them to go undefeated, um, I, I think. But if they do, look out. Do they have a chance against Alabama? I don't know. I have to see. But anyway, so all, all I said all of that to say this. Say, for instance, they do go undefeated and Winston continue to play like this. I think we're seeing... And we have seen our Heisman for this year, right. ladies and gentlemen. True. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it, man. I, I think we're watching him. So the Heisman watch begins. It, it started Saturday, Saturday night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree totally. What, what about you, FIFA? What, what's your uh, final thoughts on this this week? Um, I, I think I want to close out the show with saying my condolences to the family of Frankie Leo. He's a Mexican boxer. Uh, he okay. just died uh, due to severe injuries from a fight that he just had on Saturday. So my, my, my condolences to his family, 
and everybody associated with him. You know, um, as much as I love boxing, it, I think it is more dangerous than the UFC. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're, we're humans, we're animals, we're not, you know, the brain is fragile, the head is fragile, and taking mm-hmm. so many repeated blows, man, it's, it's just a dangerous thing. So, you know, as much as I don't like the UFC, I do think that it is a bit safer than boxing. Wow, that's that. Do you think it surpassed Boston as far as popularity? I think. Oh, so. Of course, because yeah, because we 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 don't have in boxing. There's there's no more big names after Mayweather, really. You know, um, you know, boxing back in the day when I was growing up, you had Camacho, you had Tyson, you had Foreman, you had you know so many great names, and in and all different types of divisions, especially heavyweight. You know, now we we just we don't have the star power in that in that sport anymore. What about you, B? What's your uh, final thoughts on the night? Uh, final thoughts, you know, uh, I just want to say thank you, Jim Leland, for the great for the great <laughs> yeah, ten man. years you uh, gave yeah. Detroit Tigers. You know, he stepped down, you know, after we got eliminated by Boston in Game Six. Um, you know, it, I mean, people people who are Detroit Tiger fans, like I've been my whole life, we had a shitty ten years from like '95 to. 2006, we were like a hundred lost wins. I mean, a hundred lost team, like for ten seasons straight. And Gene Lillian got there, and he turned us around like immediately. And and the, the years he gave us, I mean, yeah, we didn't win the World Series, but we made two World Series trips, and we was a respectable team for those the years that Jim Lillian was managing us. So you know, I hate that he's leaving. You know, he's, he's but he's old. You know, he, he's probably time to move on and do something else. I hope just don't hurt our franchise. I hope we can hire somebody else and. Stay a respectable baseball team for the years to come. So I just want to say thank you, Jim Lever. Thank you for the great year as a Tigers GM manager. My final thoughts, man, uh, directed to the white-haired guy on the sideline of the Atlanta Falcons, Mike Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for a win. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to get another win, but thank you. <laughs> Felt good Sunday to get a fi- uh, finally get a win at the Georgia Dome. Uh, I, I hope my Falcons get healthy sooner than later. Hope Stephen Jackson gets back healthy. Um, the wild card is still within reach. Mark my words. The wild card is still within reach. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, folks. For my man Ken, for B, for FIFO, I am your host, 12 Kyle. Make sure that you tune in to Dead End Sports next week. Uh, check us out right here at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's it for we- this week. We'll holler at you next week. Peace. Peace.